0: This is Fidel Sierra, the Cuban Assassin, and you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D.
1: Hey, this is Jimmy Street, host of the Live and in Color with Wolfie D podcast. Hear the life and times of professional wrestler Wolfie D. From his time in the territories with PG-13 to his time in WWE, ECW, WCW, TNA, and more, nothing is off limits and nothing will be held back. Thanks again for tuning in. Here he is, Wolfie D. Hello,
2: and welcome, welcome, welcome to Live and In Color with Wolfie D and my man Jimmy across the street. Jimmy, I'm I'm healing up. Uh, still in uh, quite a bit of pain, as they say. Yes. Um, but it's getting better, man. Um, a little bit of getting off the walker this week and get, moving to the cane somewhat. But yeah. That even gets a little strenuous to where, you know, it's like, Yeah, I better go back to the walker. <laughs> right. Fine. Yeah. And yeah. and honestly, the therapist, the physical therapist that comes to my house, she told me, she said, I actually think you're doing a little too much. So that's actually good to hear because, uh, you know, when I had the knee surgery and had the blood clot and the pulmonary embolism, uh, I wasn't doing enough, apparently. And I'm right. dem- we don't want to go through that again. So
1: no, no, no. Yeah. This
2: yeah, is what it is,
1: man. I mean, do you feel like there's something different in your hip now, other than the pain? Like, do you <laughs> feel like there's? Does it feel different, unnatural? I'm just curious.
2: Uh, only because the uh, the joint is weak and loose from where they had to cut the tendons and cut the muscles and all that to get in there and do what they do uh it feels loose so i do feel i could feel it like like popping around in there we'll say so it's not tight you know yeah uh, yeah it's a weird feeling yeah but uh other than that man it's it's all right man just um you know doing what they tell me and stuff and
1: i'm ready to Get on with it. No doubt. I'm sure you're ready to get off that shit and get going. I'm sure. But you know, I'm thinking man like you remember when you probably weren't even watching wrestling at this time, but you it was during the 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 time when Roddy Piper was coming to WCW and like he pulled up his Kilt and showed his hip to Hogan and them and the NWO and stuff and I'm just like man Wolfie needs a spot like that where he's like look what I've done to my hip
3: you see this
1: you know (laughs) you tell me I don't love this business you know that kind of thing yeah for sure (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so Booker's booked that but I don't know how much else you'll get out of him let's not I'm not trying to put you in a match I'm just trying to yeah don't put me (laughs) it <laughs> gets you in that piper spot you know so <laughs> anyway yeah man but yeah I, you'll be back to new back good as new very soon i'm sure so yeah yeah
2: so with i you. am excited about our guest today
1: man uh, me too yeah
2: yeah it's somebody that uh, hadn't again like i don't think i've crossed paths with him uh but then again i feel like i have uh, you know but
1: uh
3: yeah
2: Fidel Sierra, the Cuban assassin, is going to yeah. be with us here shortly. And uh, brother's been everywhere, man.
1: Dude, literally everywhere, man. He he's, When I was putting pen to paper and doing the research on this guy, man, I'm just like, holy cow, it's not over with. <laughs> There's yeah. more to go, you know? Yeah. So very, uh, very I've impressed. With yeah. him. I've been on That's awesome with him, uh, you
2: know, a couple of times before now. And uh, super nice guy, man. So yeah.
1: this, this should be fun. Yeah, I remember really the first time seeing him that I can remember fully, and I know I'd seen him before, but wrestling hacksaw and WCW and stuff, man. And it was just like Yeah. Yeah. Just a cool, right. That's the other thing is who has not any wrestled? Yeah, man. Maybe other than you. I maybe you know. Yeah. He ain't wrestled me. I ain't I ain't up in <laughs> up in his class, man. Well, I mean
2: <laughs> you know. No, but uh I I'm ready to talk to him, man. So uh, right, get we'll him on it. here. Alright, we'll be right back after these messages. Hey folks, to get your official Live and in Color with Wolfie D merchandise, go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash live Wolfie D
1: Check it out. If you're listening to Live and in Color with Wolfie D on Apple Podcast and like what you're hearing, go ahead and leave a 5-star rating and while you're at it, write a review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us what you'd like to hear in the future. It's very important to us and always appreciated. Thanks again. all right guys we're back as usual a, a
2: great guest coming on today i always say that jimmy but man we, we're just lucky and i say that a lot too man but we really are we're, i'm blessed to have uh, uh folks in the business that uh you know are, are nice enough to come on here and talk to us you know Absolutely. so uh, today we have got somebody that's been man he's been around everywhere man this dude has wrestled in pretty much every every territory and every company man um the
0: Cuban Assassin, Vl Sierra. Oh man, thank you guys for having me on, man. And I, yeah, I've been all over the world, like you just said, and yeah, man, you really uh, have three or four times, and had some great times all over. Yeah, it's awesome yeah
2: it really is man i when i was thinking about it and i don't know why i really hadn't thought about trying to contact you earlier because i've been on your social media for a long time and we just we haven't uh crossed paths i don't believe and that's probably why because sometimes it's just like you know i don't i don't really know this person or whatever but i'm trying to branch out and and talk to people that i don't know and get their stories man um Tell me, what what was your, your favorite, uh, as far as the territories now? I'm not talking about Puerto Rico and stuff and, and, and Japan. I'm talking about just the territories of the United States. Which one
0: was your favorite? Probably probably uh, Portland and all that? Yes, Portland, Oregon, definitely. Uh, Don Owens' promotion there. Don Owens' Pacific Northwest Wrestling. Mm-hmm. Don was one of the greatest promoters I ever worked for. Uh-huh. Uh, such and such a great payoff man too you know that's what we've heard yeah 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 and he ran with the 12, 12 guy crew you know like six heels and six baby faces and one of the baby faces would end up wrestling and help luke brown referee hmm well,
3: yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> then put it in a battle royal at the end of the night
3: right
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> nowadays I look at it and I say man well, you can never
2: get away with that nowadays no that sounds like a Memphis Buddy Wayne show man
3: <laughs> <laughs> me, and,
2: me and Jamie would have to we had a, uh, midgets with us so I'd work Danny Davis Jamie would work Ken Wayne the midgets would work each other then we come back in a six man
3: <laughs> then
2: yeah. they'd have Lawler on top and uh, one of the those, uh his uh buddy Wayne's spot shows man yeah
3: that's
2: <laughs> good old day that's... Yeah, <laughs> but so tell us more about there. the portland area man i never i never went up there the, the only person oh, i'm not gonna say the only person but somebody i was really close to that did a lot of portland stuff was steve doll uh yeah, God steve. Bless you, yeah talk about steve
0: and portland and stuff man i, I should tell you this steve Dahl I already had been in portland as I, I did three different characters there. I was a destroyer. Then I lost the loser, leave town. Then yeah. I came back as the assassin. Don didn't care that there was already another destroyer, another assassin. So <laughs> I course my mom on that. He'd say, I don't care. I, this is my territory. And, you know, so, um, <laughs> uh, so then, then I lost it, as the assassin, a loser, leave town, went to Japan for five weeks. And then the movie Top Gun had just come out and I had some this gear made up of Top Gun on the side of the deal and I would play the na, And <laughs> people really it got over, man. I was doing crazy uh, Polaroid picture cells and eight by 10 picture cells and just yeah. you know. But uh, I'll tell you Steve Dahl's first interview. Uh-huh. I bless him. I loved Steve and I loved his partner Scott uh peterson at the time oh yeah and god bless them both They're both gone but uh yeah. i remember steve was up on an interview and it was me and rip helping and doing like the booking uh-huh uh and steve got stuck on his interview up there and he goes man go save him when so i ran up there and i said steve doll i never knew steve Dahl. I ever worked anywhere well right received uh-huh. all them great trips we had in Dallas, up and down the <laughs> highways, and here you are in Portland, and you know, and it it, it, it got him like unfroze him, and then we he went rode with it, you know. But you know he gets stuck, you know, when you you haven't had that much promo time, and he yeah. had, and this was like maybe his first break he was getting, yeah. Uh, as you know, and and it helped him, bro. They were over too, you know, with yeah. you know, the Southern Rockers. Right, I do you recall that. And then I guess Rex King, did Rex King work up there with him Yeah, too? then later on, God bless Rex King, I got him booked there, and then Scott Peterson had left, and it, it was Rex King and uh, and Steve Dahl. Yeah, yeah. he gone too, man. <laughs> yeah, man, all our brothers
2: are gone. I, 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 right. I was watching something the other day, and I was the only person
0: in the whole segment that was still alive. I was like, man. Yeah, me too. I was watching the match the other day, and I said, To my wife, I said, "Look, uh, I said, look at everybody in the ring. I'm the only one still here. Yeah, you know, it's it's hard, man. And you know, uh, I talked to Ricky Santana. We talked about it. You know, I said, you know, I I said, I wake up every day. I said, I made it through another night. You know. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) you woke up this morning, man. (laughs) Yes, it.
2: God gave (laughs) me another day." Dude, do you have any funny stories about Steve and Rex? Because I was, like I said, I was pretty close to both of them. Yeah, God.
0: Uh, and take I your time. We can add. it. It, edit it, get it get- was funny, but I I got to tell you a story about Playboy Buddy Rose. God bless, too. Okay. Oh, please. <laughs> what a rip they pulled on me. We used to have to fly every other week. We, we didn't have to. We, flew, we would fly. It would be me, Rip. Buddy Rose and the pilot. And when his little single engine Cessna, we fly to Bellevue, Washington, uh-huh. land there, then get in the car and cross the border, do TV, a house show and TV, and then fly back. So we're flying back uh, from one of those trips like that. And we're flying back. And I look at the, I'm like the co-pilot. And uh, this guy, Harold, was flying the plane and I go, uh, Harold, we just passed Seattle like 15 minutes in the air or 10 minutes, whatever. And I said, Harold, I said, you do see that you're running on empty. Pretty close, right? And he goes, eh, don't worry, we'll make, I got enough to make it to Portland. I, you know, he made it sound like he thinks I got it, and I'm like, hey, bro, if you, if you think, you ain't no thinking here. I said, turn this thing around, land in Seattle, and uh, we just need to refuel this. He goes, now nah, they're already closed. The pump's still there. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so we just land there, and we don't fly out to the mall then. I said, you know, <laughs> no, no, we'll make it, we'll make it. And now I'm getting a little mad, you know. I'm <laughs> like, I said, bro, you know what? Look, what do you know? What follow Interstate Five? Because if you if we start going down, you're gonna land right in of that interstate. <laughs> right so there's both time there man they're working the hell out of me yeah. I'm going and we're going and we're all you know we still gotta wait to go to Portland but we're getting there and I said man I'm telling you we're not gonna make it you know and Buddy Rose and Rip they're like in on it and they're like no oh, he's got it he's got it I said no he ain't got nothing the thing's all the way on empty it's not like in the bars and go on empty
3: <laughs> oh my and god
0: I'm, and I'm like uh Bro, I'm telling you, you're gonna have to make an emergency landing here, <laughs> and and then you got to remember this is with Sandy bar's plane, and the tires had like uh, patches of them where it was missing oh on the tires. Oh like if we God. hit on that, it could blow a tire. Yeah, and I'm thinking about that. <laughs> I'm thinking about the running out of gas, all that stuff. <laughs> and then here we come, and we're landing in Portland, and I, and I'm telling them if we don't make it and this plane starts going down, you don't have to worry about us crashing because I want to beat your
3: butt
0: (laughs) before the plane hits and
3: crashes.
0: (laughs) And uh, so he lands, and then they all start laughing. I said, I'm glad y'all thought that was funny. He goes, because to the left was another deal with a full tank. Uh (laughs) So they had me. I was really, man, I'll tell you, they really got me on that trip. He ripped the pilot the pilot had me so convinced that he was just freaking out. I'm like, man, when we landed, I I got out of the plane, and I just wanted to knock him out. (laughs) I never liked flying. It was a rib, but but I said, man, that's a kind of heavy rib on me. (laughs) That's stiff. (laughs) That's a stiff rib, man. Golly. (laughs) Man. uh, That's funny. And then with Steve Dahl, I mean, we'd go and we had a, uh, where people would actually have us come to their birthday. You know how people advertise advertising now? Yeah. There and, it was, and people, we, we did a few where we got a couple hundred dollars or, you know, 300 bucks. And me, Steve, and, and Scott Peterson went to, just to help, you know, just to make somebody happy for their right. birthday. But That's awesome.
1: Man, I didn't yeah, know that didn't was an
0: mean, option. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like, you know, yeah, that was, you know. Yeah. And, but there was a battle there at the end between all of us because uh, I had like two or three eight by tens, and then they had like and then all of a sudden they had like five different eight by tens and then uh, then when Ricky Santana came later on, but then all of a sudden and and we were all like, okay, we're all trying to make money here, but if you have like eight eight by tens or five eight by tens, and we only got two. Yeah. Kinda of like you're giving up you know, you're trying to outdo we are trying to outdo one another when we also just be trying to make a few bucks. Uh-huh. Right. 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 And Sounds it like it Memphis out. <laughs> Yeah. and it, it all worked out. Yeah, I'm sure in Memphis y'all had the same thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jerry Lawler probably had a hundred pictures, eight by ten. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah.
3: Never
0: exact. mind, that's a whole deal. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah so, whole story uh, there. Hey, I, I love Jimmy Hart though. At all, you know. Oh, Jimmy Hart oh, yeah. what a relationship. Hey, baby. He loves yeah. everybody.
3: Yeah, he's yeah. the best.
0: And he is he, the best. <laughs> yeah, we did some uh, projects together when he was doing that XWF Yeah, so, yeah. But
1: uh, tell me this. Back. Let me ask you that real quick. Just, to, I don't want to get off on that topic too much. But did you also get a check from the Home Shopping Network working for them?
0: No, I never got anything like that. Oh, okay, I got paid, but I never got nothing.
1: Kid Cash said he got a contractor a check or something from the Home Shopping Network. It was like something off the wall, but it was, I guess, maybe because that guy was like a silent partner at first or something. I don't know. You would know better yeah, than Yeah,
0: he me. could have, bro. I just got straight paid. I mean, i you know, we don't want to talk about Puerto Rico, but I helped set up Sydney <laughs> couldn't believe it. Uh, the XWF invasion on WWC. Yeah. And, you know, we attacked the WWC office and wrote XWF all over. like and We copied the WWE Yeah, that NWO deal, but we did it different. Yeah, that's cool. We even held Jovica down who didn't want to do it. Ripped his shirt off and put XWF on it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. And that was very hard to do, brother. (laughs) I bet so. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. to Portland, I mean, the trips were great. You know, you had every Thursday you had Salem 50 miles away. Every Friday, you had Eugene, which was like 110 miles away. And then on Wednesdays you'd either have Medford or, like I said, Seattle or, you know. And Mondays and Tuesdays on the weeks that we weren't in Canada at the time, uh, we, you know, we would either have Longview, Washington or whatever. But when we had Canada, uh, it was inter. It was just. It was just a very interesting territory to work to Portland wrestling. Yeah.
2: Well, let's let's slide on over to uh, Puerto Rico now. Talk about because I know you had a lot of uh, stuff there, and and you know uh, just the history of Puerto Rico is so crazy. The just the uh, the blood and the violence, and then the people, of course. I mean, everybody, oh, the, the fans are notorious uh, for being wild and crazy and coming after you. And I've got plenty of those too. Uh, well, t- give me some Puerto Rico stuff, man.
0: Man, you know when I, I tell you I was. Uh, first time in Puerto Rico, Carlos Colonna flown down here to Florida. Uh-huh. And he asked me, Hey, man, you want to come to Puerto Rico? And, uh, you know, I knew I would have a pretty good spot. So yeah. I said, Sure. And I went there. And then my first, day, our first TV was me and uh, a guy, uh, a Samoan looking guy who had like a little ponytail. I can't think of his name at all right now. But, and mm-hmm. first thing we did is there was Jumping Joseph Ode and mm-hmm. uh, Al Perez. They were born as the uh, Rock. Al Perez, <laughs> yeah. And first TV angle we did is we jumped them, took their radio, they ran to the ring with, and busted a, busted the a radio on each one of them, and they were bleeding like pigs. And and then mm-hmm. we stomped the radio to pieces. hmm So then. Uh, we did that, and then we were later on another town. And Rick, I remember Rick Flair was there, and I had Al Perez. And Rick Flair wasn't going on till later to defend the world title. Mm-hmm. And me and Al Perez are having a heck of a match. All of a sudden, the people start fighting upstairs. People trying to come to the ring, and uh, <laughs> Rick Flair is like get, like w- waving me to get get into the dressing room, and we just kept going with the match literally with all the people fighting for like five minutes and uh rick where i get back and rick flair goes King hey, man you don't never if a flight people start fighting like that you get to the dressing room, you're putting all of us in danger by doing that yeah i said yeah i said i guess so i didn't even think about that part i was just wanting to finish the match the way it should have been you know yeah It's a wild and, place man it was, it was something yeah, that I, I had so many quite stories,
3: an
2: experience you know, <laughs> quite an experience man because like yeah. I tell everybody we went down there in 94 which is not too many years after Brucey Brody was killed yeah, and it's yeah. like you know, everybody's telling you what happens and hey don't do this don't do that the fans and I think do you know the story of the Batten twins going to
0: jail down there or whatever I was there I came in I think after that already I was there when they were there a different time after they had gone to jail or uh-huh. something and I was like I never could get how they I guess they went there because they hocked their uh, couch or something. <laughs> I, uh, I've never I heard know. the reason.
2: Huh? I said I've never heard the explanation for it. I just know that they went to jail or yeah, something,
0: something like I don't want to say that that's you know what I mean because yeah. I ain't no angel myself. But yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> just lucky I never went to jail in Puerto Rico. But yeah, I heard, <laughs> you know, and, but I had crazy stuff in Puerto Rico myself. Uh, yeah give it to me uh, give me I'm gonna hear the funny shit <laughs> yeah well this ain't funny <laughs> I'll tell you I was doing an angle <laughs> with Invader
3: yeah
0: and the one that killed Brody yeah 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 well this is what I always tell people two, he says he did you know whatever but two people yeah. went into the shower one guy came out alive the other guy got blessed bruised Brody so it's yeah, obvious yeah, so, yeah. you know but yeah. so I'm working him after all this junk and we're doing a heck of an angle and my wife's interfering, hitting him with a brick in a purse and all that gimmick. And so mm-hmm. we're doing this angle and all of a sudden they're doing a pull apart with us. We go back in the dressing room and you know, the Hills and babies are separate there. And the right. next thing I know here comes invader into the dressing room, grab my wife by the hair drags her out. And I'm like, what the heck i start punching Mm. him and he felt like he needed that now later on i find out he decided that there it wasn't enough what we did out there he felt like it needed to be heated up a little bit more yeah so meanwhile he's got my wife by the hair i'm punching him in the face (laughs) Uh, (laughs) he lets go of her i got like a front face lock on him and carlos cologne ricky saying they all come running out and car you can see carlos and ricky please you know, like they didn't want to see something stupid happen. Yeah. So you know, I, I, the bottom line is, I got all this hair of my wife's hair and put it all in a baggie. Yeah. And I went to the office two days later, and and I tell Carlos, "What is this shit all about?" Oh. And, you know, and Carlos was like, you know, Carlos understood that. You know, he he said I, he said I, we don't know what got into him. I said. Well, I said, you know, it, I mean, believe me, we do uh, like eighteen thousand, whatever that buy a holds. When we finally uh-huh. had a heart lunch match and all that junk, but I seen him, and he had the nerve to ask me. Said, amigo, were you really mad at me? And uh, I said, what? The uh, F do you think, bro? <laughs> of course, I was hot at you. you do, this wasn't even part of the gimmick, and you just come in yeah. and. And Grab all this, you know. It's so, you know. And I had stupid moments at him and how else, I didn't end up getting killed by him, besides, <laughs> so believe me, I don't <laughs> understand that. But you know. <laughs> and then one time, one time I was walking to go out. I can't think of the name of the town, and he, he's in a small separate dressing room. But you you have to both look out of the out of a or something like that. And uh-huh. uh, he says, Fidel, come here. And it's just him and me. And uh, he goes, you know, amigo, a lot of people don't understand about uh, what happened between me and Bro, I said, said, whoa, stop right there. I said, (laughs) why do you want to talk to me or tell me any of this? I don't want to talk about it. I said, Brody was a friend of mine. We're feuding. I just don't. I just let's cut. Boom, and I walked away.
3: Yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, not, not appropriate at the moment. They had a lot of history. I mean, there was a lot of more to before that that went on. But yeah. you know, I love Brody. He stayed. I anytime he came to Atlanta, he stayed with me. Anytime, anywhere, we rode together or whatever, you know. And I love Barbara yeah. Goodish and uh, and you know, I just think it is tragic tragic that that had to happen that way and
2: where would you see him let's let's just say that wouldn't have happened where would he been at in the like in the 90s the late 90s the attitude era the do you think he would eventually work for vince and and been a superstar
0: brody yeah yeah i think yeah i think he would have but uh god bless frank (laughs) if he was hard to deal with if he didn't want to deal with it yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean I, or you know he I remember you know he would come in sometimes in shorts and they'd get on him and he would say I I do what I want to, you know. Uh, <laughs> you know that was frank, you know. Right. And nobody was going to make him wear a dress up to into a dress shirt. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> if he didn't want to.
1: I mean something in me just can see like a Undertaker Bruiser Brody feud in the WWF. Oh, that would
0: have that Attitude great era. Though, yeah. There yeah that would have been unreal you know what i mean yeah
1: yeah kind of like a you know a kind of like how terry funk and and mick foley did you know what i mean exactly. kind of like yeah
0: no i yeah i think that would have been like unreal business and uh you know yeah black, you know yeah
1: no doubt no doubt. Well, I mean, there's some glare. I mean, bro, your resume speaks for itself. There's no question. I was so excited. Once Wolfie said, hey, man, we're getting the Cuban assassin on Fidel Sierra. I'm like, man, I'm thinking all the times I saw you on TV. I'm, I'm looking and then I get to studying your your history. Right. So, like, I'm remembering you from my memory. And then I start researching you. And I'm like, holy crap. This guy's like the Forrest Gump of wrestling. Kind of. You know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. And yeah. one thing I've got to ask you because and, and maybe there's more stories and I don't want to stop you from telling better stories, but one thing that stands out is you worked in world class for the Von Erics, and you worked in yes, of course in like Watts and Mid-Atlantic and Japan and Mexico, but you also worked in Stampede for the Hearts. I would love to hear some kind of like contrasting and comparing of the Von Eric and the Hearts as far as their promotions.
0: Uh. I see I started in 78 for the uh, Von Erics I mean, that's right. the first territory I went to. Right, right. But then when I was in Stu Hart's territory, Lynn Denton got me there.
4: Okay, okay.
0: And, and you know, it was crazy. They had a guarantee. And I, I got there and wasn't even there two weeks. And we had just beat uh, Eric Emery and uh, Bobby Ford for the the North, uh, North America, whatever they're Calgary tag team belts were. Okay. Um, and uh, they started, all of a sudden started taking taxes out of the grapplers. Hey, Oh, so, and he said, if they do this next week, well, I'm leaving. And I said, well, if you're leaving, I'm leaving. Yeah. So, uh, and he might, this is a funny story though, but uh, he said, yeah, but you're just got here. I said, yeah, but as soon as I've been here as many weeks as you here, they're going to try to do the same thing to me. And all he yeah. asked for was, I just want to stay on my guarantee. Right. Take out the taxes, but just still leave me that that it comes down to that same guarantee. Right. So anyway, they did it. And the bottom line is we went and cashed our checks. We had the tag belts. We went two blocks away, Eric and Bobby Fulton stayed. And Lenny told uh, uh, Bobby Fulton, Eric, you know, how the small package and they small did a small package in their apartment. And I counted one, two, three, and we gave them a brown paperback. We threw the belts. Sell sells too hard. You guys are the new tag champions. And we threw out and left. Bro, wow. I so much my teeth. Oh uh, man, too hard. Didn't talk. Uh, Stu, Brett, all of them. The man. It took years. I seen first one I to talk to him was Owen in Japan after it broke the ice, but. He wouldn't uh, even talk to me, God bless. Owen was the nice one, right? <laughs> yes, yes. And then Brett was like, you know, like, took a long time for Brett to ever speak to me. I mean, he holds a grudge. You know that, Brett can yeah, hold a but, grudge. But, you know, but, but I really liked working there. Leo Burke was the booker, and yeah, and I liked working. They tried to gimmick me, you know. They, they, Everybody's too hard. Everybody got always got everybody with those that forearm he would throw. And uh, it was like a shooting for So uh, yeah. Leo Burke goes, "Yeah, we want you to do this." And Stu's gonna come out and give you this I said, like, Yes, I'm doing everything minus the Stu. Out of your <laughs> I give me the warm. That ain't <laughs> happened, right? And and then Leo Burke laughed because he knew he was setting me up to get a stiff warm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, I can tell you another funny story that happened there is please one of those yeah. bag belts is. I had to run out. Lenny was wrestling somebody, and they went to suplex uh, Lenny. And I grabbed it all, grabbed the foot from the outside, and Lenny fell on top of my, held his foot. And see you see, a uh, mark at ringside tripped me as I'm running to do this. Mm. So now, boom! I do the deal, and Lenny gets the one, two, three, and I go straight to the guy that tripped me, and I punched him straight in the face while he's sitting there at ringside. <laughs> and then he's like you're gonna get so you're gonna get so sued and all this and the guy never did nothing but he did trip the <laughs> heck out of me. i mean it was stiff where he you know, kind of kicked me in it. and uh i got away with that but uh i liked working there but the trips were like crazy yeah and yeah. you know and that's where i met angel the original cuban assassin right and, right yeah Angel was the one that gave me permission. I had a lot of heat with the Angel's son, but then he realized to so talk to your father. I said, you know, we were supposed to go to Japan together as, as the Cuban assassins, and uh, we had taken pictures and everything, and then it didn't work out. And Angel told me, man, you go to Florida, or whatever, you can use a Cuban assassin name. I ain't never going to Florida anyway, and da, 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 da. So I just added Fidel Sierra, the Cuban assassin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, man, those trips were crazy there.
1: Yeah. It's such a legendary name in the wrestling business. It's such one of those classic, just named that gimmick of the Cuban assassin. I don't know. I can't remember. Well, for good reason. I was born in 1978, but I can't remember a time not ever knowing that term. You know what I mean? As a wrestling fan, it's always been there. So very cool. Very cool that you got that that way. How was when were you up there in, in Canada?
0: I don't want to say. I was working for the (laughs) Crockett. I was working for the Crockett's, and I got the phone call. I was making good money at the Crockett's, but I was wrestling first, uh, third, fourth match at the most, and I was making anywhere from eight hundred to fifteen hundred dollars every week. Wow! That was good money. And yeah, yeah. And then Lenny said, "You know, called me and so my guarantee was five hundred when I went to Calgary." five hundred dollars american yeah and and george scott was the booker and he said why do you want to leave here you're making this much money you're going to go over there you're going to hate it uh, i said yeah but they're going to give us a push and i'm gonna and i'm gonna to get to interview time and all that and i feel like that's a yeah i'm making less money but i need that education part of getting used different yeah, yeah. So in other words, instead of just getting beat every, doing jobs and winning every now and then in and mid Atlantic, I had a chance to go over there, get some wins on TV, get some interview time, and try to, you know, better my craft. Right, right. right. So, you know, and that's the way it worked out. But uh, that bottom of the line is after we lost, the, we did that drop the belts in the brown paper sack, and we. <laughs> I ended up back for George Scott. And George Scott I told me, mean, I tell you, things wouldn't work out there. And I don't remember if any came back at that time, too. Yeah. Uh, you know, but George Scott always told me, even when I left, he said, you know, you, you always got to, that's one thing, even, I don't go bouncing, but even with Don Owens, he always told me, I don't care where you're at, what part of the country, if they let you go and you don't uh, have you call me, and you always got a place here. Yeah. I used mm. that a couple of times, you know. I used it from Mid-Atlantic, and I'm bouncing back and forth to the guys the rest of the day in the uh And I promise I'm not doing no illegal drugs. This is me being crazy. Uh, <laughs> so I go, I, I, uh, I went from, okay, I went from the Crockett, from the Crockett's, then I bounced back to Portland. Then I bounced back to Georgia. But that open-door policy I had with George Scott and all that, it, it really
1: helped me out. So what I guess I meant about being in Canada was, were you up there during the winter time?
0: Yeah, that's, that's what, okay. That was, man, those trips were brutal. Yeah. I mean, we'd leave on a Monday or something, or, two, or we'd do Monday, too. we'd leave on a Tuesday, and we'd go like 400-something miles somewhere, bounce to Butte, Montana, bounce to, uh, from Canada, bounce to, B- and we would get back on Friday, how she was, yeah, we would get back on Friday and do, uh, we'd get back early in the morning, we'd have to be at TV for Friday night. We'd get home like 6 in the morning, sleep whatever we can and have to go do TV. Hmm. Mm. Off. Man, that was brutal back then in those days, there. You yeah. know? I would imagine.
2: Let's take a quick time out and get a word from one of my dope ass sponsors, and we'll be right back with more Livening in Color
1: with Wolfie D. Support for Livening in Color with Wolfie D is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped recently launched the ultimate men's hygiene bundle, the Performance Package. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WOLFY at manscaped.com. If my math's correct, that's about 8 million balls.
2: you need the rock
1: star Realtor. Benji is a member of Exit Realty's Garden Gate team in Gallatin, Tennessee.
0: And then, then when I was in Dallas, it was like, you know, I bounced from, uh, you know, I loved working for the Lawn Erics They were so good to me. God bless all those kids and, you know, Gary Hart was the booker and, you know, you'd work Sunday Dallas and Monday Fort Worth and tuesday some slot show and then wednesday i'd be for joe blanchard no tuesday i'd be for joe blanchard in san antonio and then we so have you seen the movie yet the iron claw movie yeah i've seen the movie i i, I like what would your take on it?
2: without any spoilers oh <laughs> I, <think laughs> I think we know the story
3: <laughs>
1: unfortunately
0: yeah, I haven't seen that neither one of you
1: no we've no we're, sl- we're slacking unfortunately yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I can just tell you that the Fritz guy was great on there. It was just like Fritz, and then some of the other characters weren't the same. Yeah. But, oh, really? So I don't want to give you no spoilers on that. I thought it was, I thought <laughs> it was well done. I, I, just didn't like that they left one of the vinerics out. Right. So that's what. That's the main thing everybody's saying, I guess. Yeah, they omitted
1: Chris. Out. Yeah. Oh, Mike. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. I think okay. it was Mike. So that, yeah. Man, yeah.
2: Was there is there a lot of uh, actual uh, you know
0: wrestling action shit? They show a few uh, clips of you know, but it's not really. Then then the end of all the other characters, it ain't really them, so it's hard, man. Uh, yeah, I I still liked it, but it was a, it, yeah. inside because I was with all those of Eric boys at, in nineteen seventy eight yeah. and the one yeah. guy, and that man and that hurt, bro. This, you know, uh, yeah. You know, and I can remember being with all the, all, uh, I remember being with David, Terry, and Kevin, and we'd be, we were in the car one time, and, you know, I hope I, I could say we were smoking a joint. <laughs> yeah. You could say anything you wrestled. I didn't care, I already had wrestled. And then it was the good stuff, bro. And I said, <laughs> I I said, I am so glad I have my wrestling gear in the car and I'm done. And then I told <laughs> them, I said, how are y'all going to go in there and face your dad now and you still got to wrestle? <laughs> and, and i said man i couldn't i couldn't go face your dad right now if they called me right now and said do we need you sierra for whatever i say ah tell them i'm gone <laughs> <laughs> and but you know but uh god bless man they were all to me they were also good to me and, and and fritz even fritz treated me good you know i've seen where he could man he could be a hard ass when he you know, but he's taking, he was taking care of his territory, you know? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, so, uh, I was with Mike Von Eric in Japan, and then, uh, he, me, Black Bart, whatever, we in a six-man tag, I'm bouncing out to Japan, all of a sudden, y'all, over I mean, there? I was Cuban, and, uh, <laughs> we were in a six-man, and, and uh, me, Black Bart, and Mike, and, it was Mike's first tour ever to Japan, and man, he was letting them Japanese guys eat them up. Mm, yeah, we kept, we kept telling him fight back, and he came and tagged us and Bart, tagged Bart first part started fighting like crazy, and then I then he, and then I was telling him, bro, you can't let them. If you don't fight back, if you got the rest of the tour. They're going to eat you up. Yeah, they're going to tell all he yeah. saw. Yeah, and he uh, he got it, you know. And I know because my first tour there, the same thing happened. I had a guy named Maida or something. It was like a kickboxing number two in Japan or
3: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man,
0: he took me to the corner, bro. He hit me with so many kicks out of nowhere. Boom, 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 boom. And they were stiff as hell. I mm. I could I seen like three or four of him and I said I'm going for the one in the middle and I punched him <laughs> as hard as I could <laughs> and, boy, he, and I got him good and he then he like loosened up you know was like yeah you know and I was like Phew. so I always you know I told Mike then and then little, little did I know like maybe two months after that or a little bit longer what happened with him was a tragedy and uh, I never thought that would happen but it did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's horrible,
1: man. It's horrible. And while you were over in Japan, I saw you actually got to work with Andre and Inoki
4: as well.
0: Yeah. that they had both the best of both deal there because one time me and Andre teamed up against Inoki and the office guy, Sakaguchi, the big tall guy, and uh, and we wrestled, and we had a hell of a tag match, you know? And of course, yeah. I, Inoki pinned me, but it was so fun and Anoki liked me and, uh, you know, without breaking KFA back then and we'd be working on the fans wouldn't be in the building yet. Anoki would be over there outside of the dressing room and his side doing squats. And I'd be outside my dressing room, believe it or not, doing squats too back then. And, uh, Anoki <laughs> would scream, Assassin! and you know, and, and I knew he, you know what I mean? You know, when you get along good, but, I. I got along good with Andre, too. That's was, you know, Andre had sponsors, and he would always grab Tony St. Clair from England and me and Mass Superstar. And one time we were invited, and Andre said, Okay, you guys come, but don't tell Dickie. Mara, God bless. And (laughs) uh, and we, I never saw nothing done to Dickie, and I felt bad, but I guess, you know. Andre didn't want Dickie to start bugging his sponsor. Uh, And then all I know is the next thing you know, there was Dickie with a sponsor. (laughs) He got in. (laughs) Yeah, he got in anyway. And and then, man, we drank and all that. And then we went back to the Keel Plaza. And Andre had his own drink there, bro. It was like uh, they called it the machine or something. But what it was, or the black machine or whatever, what it yeah. was, it was a tall, skinny glass, but tall. And he, it would be full of rum, and I loved rum back there. That would be full of rum, and then there would be like an inch where you could put a little bit of coke to get a little color. Yeah, I drank one, and I said, "Oh, that wasn't that bad." And Andre just looked at me with the face of, you know, huh, huh, <laughs> huh, you know, and uh, <laughs> I drank another one. I drank the third one. I said, "Man, I gotta go. I gotta go to the restroom." I got up. I didn't. I got to the door, and the throw up <laughs> flew from the door of that bar oh, Plaza, to to the wall. I never made it to the bathroom. I just like I was out. Man, projectile. So Andre Murdoch and Bill Eady put me on the uh, the luggage cart. They took me <laughs> to the elevator. Took me to my room they dumped me by the toilet
3: <laughs>
0: and then i went i went you know i was out like a light throwing up <laughs> back out and uh i can remember like hours later Dickie murdoch was beating on my door and he said come on bubba we're gonna go to the sauna and that'll get get this get that kangaroo out of you you know I thought I was gonna die. I went to that sauna deal and I was sweating, and I was like, "Oh man, I thought I said, this is it for me."
3: Yeah.
0: Andre seen me that night or whatever or whenever we went, and he laughed at me. And, but uh, I, had, I got lucky to team with him. And then you know how Japan can go far, far away, and then it was the opposite. It was me and somebody else against Andre and Anoki. Man, yeah. Uh. You know but you can get away with it back then because there wasn't no internet and it wasn't everything sure. was you know found to so far apart where you'd end up in a train for days or a bus yeah but those are some of the best times but anywhere andrea you know he always i always tell people to say how was andre I say well just like would with, with god bless Brody if he liked you it was great if he did not yeah. like you he could make it hard things hard on you yeah, right. yeah, man. <laughs> That's
2: a good story, though. I like that, uh, the, the drinking yeah. story. <laughs> That's a good yeah. one.
1: Did the uh, sauna yeah. fix everything?
0: uh, uh no. The- <laughs> no? <laughs> no, I, I still got soup or whatever, and I was still like, I just I said, I ain't never drinking again that night. They had me drinking beer and like crazy. Go <laughs> like, oh, boy, you know. Yeah. But I could tell you another Andre story police so go back to portland he didn't he didn't care for buddy rose for some reason all right okay and so now we're in, it's me rip oliver and buddy rose against him jay young blood and joe lightfoot in seattle washington so buddy has them like in a headlock and andre's like just like a regular guy on a deal and andre just takes him back like for a pin and he shoves his thumb between his trunks at Buddy's butthole. Ah. <laughs> Bro, all see, Buddy's eyes, are you if you we'd have to bend there, his eyes open up like light bulbs. <laughs> said, That's some oh, big old thumb. Like, and I'm glad the giant, I'm so glad Andre likes me.
3: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. How big would you say Andre's thumb is? <laughs> I don't know That's funny oh, man. <laughs> Andre's, Andre's thumb is tacking
3: Tacking <laughs>
2: all the way bro Sharp talking
3: man
1: Easy way or hard way playboy
3: <laughs> <laughs> So <you know. laughs>
1: One of the things I want to hear about is your Broadway with Flair when you were working the Top Gun gimmick. I would love to hear about working a Broadway three. Oh my God!
0: See, there's okay, Rick. I love Rick, and he heck he helped me. Him and Kevin Solomon helped me go to WCW when I went the first time. And uh, but I worked Rick and beat him in a town in a Mm non-title
3: match.
0: And so, but Don and them they wouldn't send a camera crew like you know. They should have recorded that then shown it. And the people would have, you know, it's still right. packed it when we work. So so now I'm wrestling Flair and I already did my promo that I, you know, I beat you once, you know, but you didn't have the title on the line and I'm going to beat you again. And we ended up doing an hour draw, but, uh, whew, you know, Rick would start chopping me and until my chest was bleeding. But he would, you know, he would say, come on, lay him back in, big man. You know, and I did, yeah. uh, but you know, I always got along great with Rick. You know what I mean? last you know other people didn't, but I always he, you know, and so we ended up doing the, the hour, and then I, I asked for, for he for five more minutes, and he gave it to me, and pinned me with the crossbody, then you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the classic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I Hard. hit him with the crossbody and did that float over there or whatever, and. We'll yeah. three it. The roll through.
1: Was he well, the hardest chopper?
0: And you know what? I can tell you, but, uh, buddy Roberts was going buddy Valentine in Dallas. Okay. And he had Johnny Valentine in his corner, and he had those little tiny hands. And I'd <laughs> rather get chopped by sweet hands and giant hand or whoever than than Buddy Roberts' little hands. He had my chest beat, and I was chopping them back to save me. But his little hands are. I was like a, trying, almost trying to block them there. And it just stung so much, the little tiny Yeah. Hands. Yeah, That'll man. Never you know. <laughs> <laughs> mind. I went to Albert Rick Laird and balled over a 12 minute match with uh, Buddy Roberts and Buddy Valentine at the time. And Johnny laughing in the corner because he loved that, you know? Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. How was it's he to
1: know? Shot- Did you know Johnny pretty well?
0: No, I just knew him like that, you know what I mean? And, a right, right. you know, respect deal. but we never were, like, close like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That makes sense. And then you worked in Mexico as the Barriqua. How was yeah. working in Mexico? Because this is something Wolfie can definitely relate to. He worked down there as well. So,
0: Oh, man. Uh, we went as the Bariquas. It was me, Ricky Santana, Miguel Perez Jr., and Oh, and then even Kevin Quinn, we had him like about equal too at one time. Uh, but uh, we, I had great matches there. It's hard to adopt to uh, at first. I was like, you know, because you know how high the elevation of uh, you know you be in Arena Mexico, right, right. And uh, I couldn't hardly breathe uh, up there, you know, <laughs> you know, wearing a mask and all that. There was times I would literally get drop kicked to the floor and literally put my face. Underneath the mat, pull my mask up for a second because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, and you know,
1: did you like the rings? The bumping in the rings where they oh, that rings was hard, man.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: hey. he he did that on purpose because I didn't told him my first yeah.
3: time. in. You know, yeah, I
0: kept, but like, you see, what? Dallas, Dallas ring was just as hard though. So I just you know, oh, really? Uh, okay, got gotcha. you. Dallas, no, Dallas ring was a hard ring. And the ring posts were made out of cement. Oh my god! If I remember, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so they just permanently just assume all that to do was take them on and put them up, you know. Yeah. Because they, they had concerts every now and then in Dallas. Right, right, right. But back uh, back to Mexico though, we had a good run there, man. I did uh, yeah. Mass versus mass with Purell, and it drew the biggest house in Mexico had drawn in years. that, uh, CMLL, the arena there where they, I mean, it was sold out and, and I lost the mask. They had first time ever. My wife was there like my manager, but they wouldn't let her first time ever. They let her come to the ring, get in the ring. And then they made her go sit almost like by ringside until the match was over yeah, hmm. I lost. I lost the hood, which I still got. All that I'm trying to sell it, to, you know. Oh, cool. Yeah. you know. Yeah. But, um, uh, we did. So then after that, that was a pure. Roll, and we had good matches, but we had matches where it was me, and Ricky Miguel, against the Headhunters, uh, hmm. and oh, I remember one time the Headhunters, uh, the one we had, we had the one Headhunter down on the floor with us. Because we knew the other headhunter was going to flip up the top mm-hmm. onto us. Yeah. And we never told the big bro- his brother. He was mad at us. I because I, I said, man, ain't big, big old headhunter are going to flip on me. <laughs> was, you know, I said, we're still going to get creams. And he did it, but we pulled his brother right in the middle, so he broke the fall a little bit. Yeah, yeah. okay. So, but... Uh, We had gray matches with them. And then later on, we had hair matches, me and Ricky, and we lost our hair. They got paid good money, you know. Victor Mm Quinones got his little cut because he was the one that booked us there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of
1: Los Bariquas, and especially you as the Bariqua, I know that Miguel went on to work with Savio in the WWF in that faction, the Los Bariquas. Were you invited for that, or was that anything that.
0: No, because it, it ended up being Savio, Miguel. Yeah, and uh, Chael Estrada. Okay. Okay. Uh, know okay. It was sort of like me and Ricky got left out because the original board was was there in Mexico. Right.
3: And it was right.
0: was Ricky Santana, Mill, and, and me. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, but you know how the business goes.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I was- know if that was like a specific thing about all being Puerto Rican or something versus, you know, whatever. But I didn't know if that had anything to do with it or if it was literally just how the business is. And you
0: just yeah, literally, you know what I mean? Victor Quinones I think lined them up with the, the you get to go to New York and we didn't yeah. get to go. <laughs> Were you, what did did
1: that bug you a little bit just to be, I'm sorry if this is an yeah sir,
0: I mean, sort of, a, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, it's you know you know how this business is look at it is what it is
3: <laughs> yeah
0: you know i said earlier about that open door policy i said uh, i remember dusty was the booker because he took all of us from here in florida and we went he started booking for crockett and then crockett said you need to go let go like 20 guys or i forget mm. and ricky got to stay i was one of the guy getting cut but he said you all don't got to worry you got done the month here then you know and i went in and i called don owen remember i told you that open door policy i called Don Owen, and he said you start this saturday and this was like on a wednesday (laughs) went to the office and dusty was like baby what do you want why you want to leave me like i said no you're the one said i got to go in a month so i said "I'm, i'm leaving now Right, I got an right. opportunity to go back to Portland and got a like second hill spot. Yeah, but uh, that's
2: a- that's, it was always quite talking. the story, Fidel. You've had quite the career, and um, uh, before we uh, wrap it up, Jimmy, do you have anything else you want to
1: ask him? Yeah, just talk about your your wife, Fantasy Man. Tell us a little bit about her, real quick.
0: She is so great, man. She she's been managing me since ninety one, ninety two. Yeah. And we've gone all over from Puerto Rico, and she had so much heat in Puerto Rico with the brick in the purse. Yeah. So that literally, <laughs> we, first her first deal that she managed me there, they started rioting in a little building, and we had <sighs> they had they knocked all the lights out, so we had to hide in the dressing room. And then we went out, you know, we went to uh, India together. She managed me there, managed me in the Bahamas, and she's uh she loves the business like i do and she's always you know carlos loved her because she could pull off hell they had her speaking in spanish and then the next thing i knew i'd say uh oh, wait a minute we just had like a four-minute promo and i only spoke like a minute and, <laughs> and they would rip me they said because we understand your wife's spanish better than yours and I said, <laughs> but you know but she was great man and and, and, and it helped draw money in puerto rico And you know, and it helped you know everywhere we've been. And we were in England, and we were over there for Brian Dixon's All Star Wrestling, and she was a big part of that. And Mm. uh, and I love her with all my life, and because I and and you get lucky if you got a a wife that's part of the business with you and can put up with you know all the stuff that crazy ass wrestlers do.
2: What was that, uh, Jimmy? What was the name of our show we did? Top 10? What were my, my, uh, or no, it was the Christmas presents, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Where I said 10. the number
2: one, the number one Christmas present that I would give to a wrestler would be a ride or die, uh, girlfriend, wife, whatever, that's just, you know, down and gets it, that just yeah, gets it. Understands
1: man. the business and, and doesn't right. get
0: jealous, you know? Yeah. You know? And I always told her, you know, and this is, I said, I don't care what you see anybody else doing. And she always knew that from the time she started, it's none of our business. Right, right. You know, yeah. You know what I mean? And so if you're playing with this guy's uh, wife or that, whatever yeah. you see on the road, if you see something stupid, it ain't none of our business. And she never, you know, she needs it but that. You know? Yeah. Man, I, it just
1: sounds it like you met the right one, though. You know, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody
2: thinks like that anymore, and that's not just the wrestling business. That's I think it's everywhere that everybody wants to be up in everybody's business and stooging and and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's changing
0: I don't want time. To go Over, but I tell you what, I had previous marriage years and years ago. Yeah, and yeah. And that person's t- wife told me it's either me or the business, and I yeah. said what? And I said you don't want to put me on that spot, right? And she said, No, you gotta end so I said, Well, I guess just I guess I'll see you later. <laughs> of course, I love the business, so I ain't leaving it. Right. Right. And how yeah. so See on the side. Look, I ended up with the best wife in the world and
1: Well, it's like and, paying yeah. dues, right? You you paid dues all through wrestling. You know, at the very beginning you had to pay your dues to get to where you ended up. Now you yeah. had to you had to pay your dues with the early women <laughs> to get to yeah. the good ones.
0: You know. <laughs> exactly. To make I you the best uh, one yeah. now, not on issue my best friend, wife, manager. Yeah. And I love her with all my heart, man. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, Good for sure, you, dude. Sure,
1: yeah, for sure.
2: Where can, uh, I know you said you got some stuff he's trying to sell or whatever, or, you know, where can the folks get a hold of you on social media? Um, I said a
0: halt. I did uh, Buddy Wayne there. Buddy Wayne. You know, have yeah. a halt. Get <laughs> you a halt, son. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. Where can they get I'm a hold gonna, of you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to list some more stuff on eBay here soon. Cool. And okay. That, but I got so much of, uh, uh, classic, which I'm trying to get hooked up with the person to to get rid. Of. I got the original Boricua mask, the whole nine yards, and even the. I lost that mask, but I still got it. And I got the guy that wrestled that beat me for the mask. His mask, Artura Piero. Oh. So I got all that, and and you know, and I'm trying to sell that and a couple, a bunch of others, uh, really good wrestling. Uh, gear that I you know that yeah now uh, is that
2: going are you going to have it linked from say your Facebook or whatever to eBay or do you have a handle on eBay
0: we're actually I'm going to work on it again we did have a bunch we were selling on eBay I had all these Portland old wrestling magazines uh, and uh, uh, it was called Wrestle Media from Portland and I sold so many of those I don't know how many I got left and I was selling them for twenty five, thirty dollars, and then I'd throw an eight by ten and in on there or whatever, whichever character was on there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, So, yeah, so awesome. it'll, it'll be on eBay soon again, and then I'm trying, to, like I said, find a auction place that I can auction off some of this wrestling stuff. You know, one time I was, mm-hmm. I almost sold one at the convention. Uh, uh, one of my old robes. Yeah, yeah. And the guy said, "Why would you sell that? Why would you sell that for six or eight hundred dollars? You can get twenty five hundred dollars for that." Yeah. The white said, "Yeah, you know." And, and then the person I was going to sell it to, even for the eight hundred dollars, he backed out at the you know at the end of it all. Mm. But it that way some. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I just said I was you know I just did yesterday here uh, they because they got Royal Rumble coming up. Right, um, yeah. I saw you was, You there. got a little news spot on there, yeah, on the local yeah, news. they came, to, you know, they had did a deal with me a few months ago where we had flooding here by my house. Mm-hmm. So they said, and then all of a sudden the guy called me and said, hey, we want to do a little about your career a little bit and then uh, talk about your Royal Rumble predictions or whatever. I said, sure, and they came by and, you know, two hours they were with us. And then my wife mm-hmm. got home and she was in Two hours for a two minutes little you know, little yeah. you know, segment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, uh, well, it was good. It got, it got me good publicity around here, around home. Right. Maybe they'll send me a booking somewhere.
1: Well, for the yeah. people who are keeping score, who do you predict to win the Royal Rumble?
0: Oh, man, I think I predict CM Punk because, but then that's so obvious that he would right, win. right. That, <laughs> that I'm almost thinking they're going to let Cody Rhodes win it for a second time.
1: Another, Yeah, like Stone Cold did. I, I think that's yeah. the way to go. Yeah, let's do it that way. Finish the story, right? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, because that's what I do think. I think uh, to finish the story the right way, they do need to let Cody Rhodes win that. rather, it, Here's my prediction. You're going to laugh. I say WrestleMania. <laughs> Okay. Punk is going to beat Steph Rollins, even if it's just for a for short run for his world title. Okay. And Cody Rhodes somehow is going to end up, rather it beats the tribal chief or because the tribal chief's going to wrestle the rock. It doesn't have to be for the title. It just could be for a match to the head of the table. Right, wow. right, so then I see where then Cody will dress or whoever and fulfill the story, right dad, yeah. you know, his dad never got to do, and then then you know, it doesn't it, how long you have or whatever, at least you filled the story exactly, yeah, i I agree,
1: and I mean, you know, you're like you said, the rock doesn't need the title. It doesn't need to even have the title involved. It's all about the head no, of the table, I mean. yeah, Just, so. it
0: doesn't matter who needs the title. <laughs> yeah, no, the winner you know if it's a the winner is a, is a tribal chief you know right, right. Yeah. he's got
1: to to finish that story
0: so <laughs> yeah so that's you know that would be interesting yeah but i don't see the rock even that i don't see because i don't think the rock wants to wrestle that much and right right and roman reigns has got you know he's. He's got a good deal, man. He don't have to wrestle that much, and I, yeah, you know, a lot of them because of his health issues from the past. And, right, but I, I people knock him. I have a lot of respect for all the. I have respect because, like, if it wasn't for Ada might be uh, mm-hmm. Rocky Johnson, God bless, and King Curtis, the late King Curtis. I'd have never mm-hmm. been. You know, they helped me go to Dallas in 1978 for the first time. So they yeah. opened that door for me and, I, and and Dwayne was, I remember the rock was six years old. Whoa. I'd go to their wow. go here. I'd yeah. go to their house here in Tampa and I'd they'd he'd do something wrong, they'd take his toys away and I'd they'd leave the room and I'd go get him, them, them right back to him and how would give it <laughs> anytime I see Otto Johnson, she always tells me, Do you remember how you used to take Dwayne's We'd take Dwayne's toys and you would give them back to him. I said, "Yeah, I'm sorry." <laughs>
1: he told me uh, when yeah. he became a famous actor, he would give me a million dollars if I gave him his yeah, toys we, back. Remember that, Dewey? <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> but he did. I tell you what, we did do, and I know we're going over time. He did I do did. a show. He did a show. It was come The Rock one night only in Puerto Rico. Yeah. For IWA, uh, and I'll tell you how much he trusted me as. Santana, Savio, they were all the bookers. Victor Quinones is still alive, and The Rock said, "Yeah, hey, I need to." T- t-. And they called me into a room. The Rock and he said, "He asked my permission." Which again, he said, "Do you think if we put Savio Vega to be the special referee in this match, and I said that would be unreal. The people, the pop you're going to get when Savio comes out, right? Yeah. But he asked me, he you know, because I Savio." And I've known Ricky all my life, and Victor Quinones. They uh-huh. all of them were like, "Why did he call Fidel and there? not me?" Well, it was because I known him since he was a kid. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so man, was, God, yeah. But you know, that was uh, that's about rock. God, God bless his dad, and I love his mom, and I, I love him. And any time I was there, when God bless when I was Rocky's funeral, and he was there, he gave me the biggest hug, and you know, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it was hard but. cool man yeah. that's a good good relationship
2: there um, yeah good long lasting relationship but if it was my kid and you gave him his toys back I'd be hot <laughs> 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 making my kid act up Fidel <laughs> oh yeah you'd be mad at me right yeah
0: would uh, <laughs> be yeah. back then for that too <laughs> yeah uh, yeah
3: <laughs>
2: you're teaching this boy so I, I, think, give him
0: I consequences. The, the Rock should look back to those days Yeah, and end up and saying, you know what? If you're fly down here, L.A., I'm set you up in a nice hotel, right? You and your wife, and and give me a couple hundred grand, I'll be happy.
1: Yeah, that was was long-term booking right there, right? I mean, come on. (laughs) (laughs)
0: But man, we uh,
2: we totally appreciate you coming on, man. Seriously, thank you you
0: guys, man. And I'm always glad. I always say, I. I love this. do. I don't do podcasts with too many people. Yeah, I got a couple other ones, but I, I I'll be honest with you, I charge them, but I, but I, yeah. I like do. I love this business, and I love. I yeah. love to see. I'm not one of those bitter guys. I love to see that all these wrestling promotions doing good. Yeah. I, yeah. I, the independent scene. I love to see. I don't. And people knock this in the business. Why knock it, man? Be happy. The guys are learning a little bit about the business. You know, right. Maybe it's yeah. the back ass backwards, but they're learning. Right. <laughs>
3: yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. They That's just right. don't right. have the opportunity to learn
2: the
3: uh, territory. I mean, you you know, especially the right but way. Even, even me. Yeah. To,
2: but they're they're in there. It's the blind leading the blind. A lot of times, the, the independence is definitely the blind leading the blind. It's very hard for, exactly, for these guys to end learn end the right way. way. We had to go wrestle territories.
5: Right, yeah. right. And you
2: were
0: in there with people that knew what they were doing already. So yeah, exactly, was the, I wouldn't understand. Sometimes I'd say the sweet answer. Why are you beating the hell out of me like this? And I'm <laughs> trying to teach you, kid. Right. Right. Exactly. exactly.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome.
2: All right, Jimmy, we are going to uh, wrap this up. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have – Ask Wolfie D anything again. Thank you so much, Fidel, for coming on. Thank you guys, man. I I hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. And we'll be back
5: right after this.
1: DJ, hit the music. right we are back with ask wolfie d anything and one more time man the cuban assassin fidel sierra is give it up yes much respect man much respect very cool man he had a story for every story you know yeah Yeah, that's what we want (laughs) yeah yeah it was it was awesome yeah the job so easy it really does. Y'all don't understand. I mean, maybe you do understand, but I'll just say this. You don't understand how easy it is when somebody like that just kind of takes over. Yeah. They're sure. like, you boys just chill. I got this. <laughs> yeah. I've been doing this a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can I can handle this. But anyway, so thank you, Fidel. Great show. Great. Thank y'all for listening to that. And we've got a little bit more for you here with Ask Wolfie. So now the very first question, you know, for Ask Wolfie is is from someone who's asked a few questions here recently. And that is Marty Confetti at I broke Wahoo's egg on Twitter. Okay. So he says, Circa 99 or so, there was a card in Tennessee with Wolfie D. and Doug Gilbert taking mm-hmm. on J.R. Smooth, a.k.a. Pre-Rikishi, and Glenn mm. Kolka, I think. Mm. Wolfie and Doug were there to be faces, but a guy in the crowd recognized Fatou, and the entire crowd turned on them. Do you have any memories of this?
2: Uh, I remember working them as that, uh, as far as they're uh, JR Smooth or whatever he was at that moment um and enjoyed working with him Coco was you know he was something to work with big strong sure. guy cool cool dude uh I don't remember the specific you know match where somebody um I guess it forced us to to switch up in the middle of it but hey you know that's the um that's the art of uh, old school you know a little bit of ad lib I'm sure we made sure. it work I mean you got yeah. I me mean, me, Doug, and Rakesh, you, you know, Been knew what this. time it was as far as that goes. Sure. And sure. Glenn went right along with it, and I hoped that it was a good match and everybody was happy, because <laughs> if, if that's what they wanted, uh, you know, we didn't really have a choice but to give it to them. <laughs> right.
1: So, <laughs> I want to come, yeah, come back to that, but he's got a little more about this that I think is okay. hilarious. It okay. says, Wolfie and Doug had gimmick tables that night, and it was customary for the main event, Baby Faces, to sign autographs after the matches. But they were nowhere to be seen that night. Basically, <laughs> y- y'all dipped.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, you know me. I told you the stories of the gimmick tables and Jamie wanted to go out every night. So I'm sure
1: I wasn't too mad about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, you were fine. You're like, oh, OK, here's a reason. So, yeah, look, I can't go like, out there. I got too much fucking heat. <laughs> exactly let's talk about Bert. yeah <laughs> you've, already ran, <laughs> <laughs> you've already ran two intermissions Bert. it's okay buddy yeah <laughs> but so have you done has that happened to you a lot where they've switched on you
3: in the? Uh,
2: in- there's been times man dude uh it's funny louisville kind of switched on us at the end man uh, it was almost i could feel the the thing of um we had been shoved down their throats or something. And so then it was more of the the guys our age and stuff like that that were turning on us, you know what I mean? You, yeah. We, we were just getting a lot of heckling and, and, and yelling. And, just yeah, it kind of did that uh, there. That was, I think, the only town that I recall that happening in. Uh, I'm not going to say that it didn't happen on a – it hasn't happened to me like on a show somewhere where I was supposed to be a heel and it didn't work out or, or whatever. I mean, shit happens. But
1: I mean, we've talked okay. about – a new church in TNA getting the hill yeah, yeah. pop, you it, know?
2: It, right, right. But on a spot show, it's going to be a bit different because then you can interact right. with that specific person or those specific people and, and whatever. I mean, I, I know it's happened to me more than once, like on some kind of spot show. show sure. Yeah. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I got to bring this up. Talking about Bert, I'm going out there, but I just watched a match with me and Tommy, uh, Rich, where. <laughs> We're on the floor, and and uh, Tommy sets me in a chair, and it's not a metal chair; it's like a, a wooden like chair you'd have at your kitchen table or something. And <laughs> he clotheslines me, uh, you know, backwards out of the chair, or whatnot. And the chair breaks. And Bert's doing commentary. This is it was evidently for TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bert goes, "That's going to cost me fifty bucks." <laughs> <laughs>
0: Now Tommy Rich grabbing a
4: uh, wooden chair there from the Dixon Convention Center. Put the Muffy D up by the next section in the chair, and Tommy Rich takes him down. Just
0: just broke the chair in half. Thanks a lot. That's gonna cost me fifty bucks.
2: Man, I died, man. That was the best part of the whole match. <laughs>
1: That's funny.
2: Because oh if God. you know Bert, you just know. for him to put it on commentary is hilarious to me. Because <laughs> he was <laughs> shooting. <laughs> yeah, I bet he was. <laughs> That's going to cost me 50 bucks. that little sarcastic little voice that he Right.
1: Was. I can hear him saying it right now. Yeah. Yeah yeah <laughs> but anyway. that's funny yeah that's funny so well uh, that would thank you for the question there i broke wahoo's egg definitely appreciate that so the next question is from old buddy jeremy flint great guy and he he's he's hilarious man i actually did the uh, some kind of breakdown dance with him and seven in a match at an nwa main event where apparently the apache that song like you know what i'm talking about the yeah. apache It takes over and we all start dancing to it. Anyway, that (laughs) anyway, so Jeremy's always there for funny things. He's a funny guy in the back too. And he says, he asked this question. He says, closest to the nearest hundred. How many times did your saw theme play on repeat? from nashville to memphis keep up the, keep up the great listening
2: my friend. Uh, i'm assuming i was with him in the car is what he's getting at <laughs> yeah and i think that it'd probably win those uh uh when the band and damn it i can't think of their names right this second oh my god that pisses me off they they edited one of their songs for me the ones that played it saw for me and all that yeah yeah uh good band uh, yeah i can't think of their names they're so damn good um it's escaped me but at any rate so from memphis to nashville that song okay so let's call it a two and a half minute song i'm pretty sure it was short let's call it three so three minutes uh divided by or three hours divided by three minutes you know how many ever times that works out to there so yeah that's how many
1: times jeremy Sure. <laughs> so, like forty times, maybe something like okay. that. Yeah, yeah, something. Yeah. But what I'm thinking is, is was it something to the effect of like you were really into it, or was it just something that was in the background as you were driving and you I just was kind of
2: let up? I was probably loving it and jamming to it. Probably okay. A few adult beverages and yeah. I got it. So yeah, uh, we'll, we'll call it sixty times. But then again, I probably only listened to the first little bit where it had the, rah, rah, the wolf growling and all that stuff. So I might not have listened all the way through. So let's just
1: double it. We'll call it one hundred and twenty. How's that? One hundred and twenty times. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. I like it. Yeah, that was that was really cool, man. And I mean, if you think oh, about it, if if you've never been to the sawmill, which I'm sorry about that, if you've never been there, but <laughs> yeah. small place, bands rocking, Wolfie's yeah. Wolfie's got his full. Cerebrus gear on. I mean, yeah. c- Cerebus, Cerebus, Cerebus. Packed yeah, house for me. Yeah. A haggis, Cerebus. Yeah. Yeah. It was a big, was a big night, night man. Gimmick,
3: you yeah. know,
2: versus the Tokyo monster. It was, built it up for a big deal. Uh,
1: yeah. Good stuff, man. Good stuff and good fun. So anyway, thank you for that question there, Jeremy Flint. As always, good to hear from you, brother. So the next one is from our listener, actually great listener, Freshy Johnson. Definitely appreciate him. Mm-hmm. So he says, what do you think would draw more money? So great matches with little stories like the majority of the wrestlers built as fighters or an athletic aesthetic mm-hmm. or shorter matches with a lot of storylines, majority of wrestlers with cartoon style, like <laughs> superheroish gimmicks kind of thing.
2: Um,
1: that's, that's a
2: hard question there because I feel like, okay, TV is for short matches and stories and all that to go to the arena and, uh, Draw them out. Uh, yeah. Have long matches and stuff. But that's really not the formula these days. You know, it's all TV, basically. Right. So, you right. Know, you're not. I mean, uh, I know WWE is coming near here. Um, I talked to a friend of mine up there and uh, going to take the, the kid and uh, a friend of mine with me, Dustin, and uh, sh- try to show them a good time. Um, and... So what I noticed they don't even they don't even advertise a card anymore. They right. really don't even say who's going to be there. They do show some pictures like hinting at who's going to be there, but they really don't even give you a card. So the house show is not what it used to be or not even supposed to be what it used to right. be. So right um, that's kind of a hard. That's that's almost a question that is timed out. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. <laughs> you yeah. know, yeah. And, and I always, man, I love, you know, superhero over the top gimmicks. We know that about me, and so right. I, I love that. But then there's a place for, um, you know, like you said, the uh, uh, fighters or, or whatever. You know, to make it. Uh, The more UFC style wrestler, I guess, is what I'm looking for there. But you got to have a mix of everything, man. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just don't have a mix of stupid in there. Make it make sense. And uh, you know, yeah, there is a niche for everything, and I, I believe wrestling's always been like that, man. Um, you know, back in the day, they'd have a ladies' match, they'd have a midgets match, you'd have a tag team match, you'd have a opening wrestling match, basically, or a high flyers match or something like that, and then and then right. you get to your main events and title matches, more of a brawl style, yeah. depending on what territory you're in, and and there was always the hardcore's been around for a long time. It just you know, it's changed. And evolved a little bit, but um, it's always been there, man. Especially right. in Memphis, you know. They want to act like uh, Memphis was all, you know, jokes and laughing and stuff. That's absolutely not the case, man.
1: Right, right, exactly. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think in a perfect world, you get a little bit of both, man. I think yeah. just having all of that on a card makes it fill out a little better to me, you know. So,
2: I mean, I don't care sure how good. And and again, this is just me, and I know there's people that might argue this, but you put a match, or card together, eight matches, and everybody's doing high flying, no selling bullshit. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say bullshit because it can be done correctly, in my opinion, right? It's strictly my opinion. But right. if you put a whole card together of that, I just feel like by the end of it, you're you're going okay seen this before what time is it is it, a kid's got to go to bed let's let's go home right. you know i just right. really that you're gonna get burned out on it man you can't just watch the same stuff over and over yeah. but some people can some people really enjoy that style and could probably watch it until you know right they
1: die or whatever but yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, you know, I just recently, well, last year, near the end of the year around my birthday, went to a WWE house show. And it seemed like part of the show was to feed what was going on TV. And then yeah. a lot of the matches were like build like a lot of mid card matches were building for what was to come. So it was like, <laughs> some of the guys were working some guys you'd see them on TV with some of them you didn't see until like right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was Like some of the matches were building for a TV stuff, TV you know showing or whatever. Anyway, yeah, that I who knows what their total theory on it is. I hope y'all have fun when you go, man. And you know, and it's
2: good to see honestly that that the guys and gals, it's like. I could tell they were having more fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, they were out there, you know, not on time restraints. Of, of course they did have time. So don't give me that, but I'm saying sure. quick TV, time matches and, and all that. And, and TV stuff, you know, yeah. it looks like they were out there just having more fun. And, uh, I, I will say that there, there's still dudes that can go out there and walk and talk and ad-lib a little
1: bit, man. You know, Oh, yeah, totally. Did. But, no. uh, yeah, it just seemed like they was having a little more fun, man. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Yeah, well, he finishes up the question with a compliment. I got to, of course, we're going to put ourselves over here. So he mm. says, just a compliment. I really enjoy that you guys talk more like an AM radio show. <laughs> when you're talking about a person, you guys say their name while speaking about that person. Unlike a lot of podcasts. That will speak of a person with pronouns like he, him, she, her, they, them. What? I'm just kidding. He didn't say <laughs> that, but which is hard to follow and requires a lot of rewinding. Thanks for uh-huh. the show. God bless. Have a good weekend. Go Bills.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Go Bills. I mean, hell, I can't. I ain't got really nobody to root for anymore. Um, right. Right. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> But yeah, uh, and you know what? That's something that I have consciously consciously uh, developed while doing this podcast. But I've never had to really think of that before, but I've noticed, and I guess just watching uh, or listening to other interviewers type thing, they, if someone says, well, he, I've noticed that the person will jump in and go, he referring to yada yada. And right. so I, I do try to be conscious of that for myself. Yeah. And then as well as uh, the person that we're talking to.
1: Right. And, you know, thinking about the listener, you know, it is something that I think is important, especially, you know, I think it's somebody would say something about Vince McMahon and how he would prefer like, okay, say their name instead of pronouns pal you know don't say he say seth rollins or whatever you know what i mean be specific and i I think that is important man i do i think you know trying and and maybe it's just something we've done unconsciously too because i haven't really taken that perspective so maybe i'm just feeding off of you i don't know but (laughs) i don't think about it that way but i guess i do that so it's good i'm glad thanks (laughs) Freshy.
2: But yeah, that's uh, I actually have have really honestly thought about that myself, and I'm like, huh, this is a new thing that I've developed here. (laughs) (laughs)
1: You you can't, you can always learn something, even as an old dog, right? That's the thing. So, yeah, yeah, I, I just called you old. Sorry, man. I'm ouch too. ouch <laughs> well anyway that's all i got today thanks listeners right. for sending your questions that was awesome
2: yeah Appreciate send it. us more send us more <sighs> oh yeah because it sparks a conversation about stuff we might not usually talk about uh, exactly you so exactly. that's kind of yeah. the point of this is not not necessary to really just get my, pick my brain i mean i guess you can if you want but uh it also just sparks up a little conversation like we just did stirs the pot
1: right stirs the pot a little does
2: it does yeah uh, i like it great show today and uh again thank you guys for tuning in next week um should have another another good one for you so we do our best and uh we are going to uh continue to to do that as long as you guys are listening i reckon there you go. Hit subscribe, you son of a bitches! That's all I got to say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wolf. Gosh, we love the numbers that we get on the downloads and the listens, however you want to say it. But we got to get them subscription uh, subscribers up. We got to get that part of it up. Yeah, y'all yeah. could. Y'all don't know how much y'all would help us out if y'all would just subscribe or just go like go over to your grandma's house and and grab her phone. You know, she may or may not know how to use it, depending on what kind of grandma you got. <laughs> And just grab go on there and subscriber, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Subscriber. Subscribe <laughs> to your little brother and you know, yes. They'll subscribe. love the show. We promise. Yeah. Subscribe. <laughs> just subscribe. That's I all we're need. Yeah. Yeah. free subscription too what the hell i mean there's some never mind i'm not going to say it so it, <laughs> yeah there's there's a lot there and we're putting more all the time and any kind of focus and help you can do with
2: yeah, it and y'all got to give it up for jimmy's reels uh the, the the little parts of the stories and how he somewhat animates them with pictures i love it i think it's great I think, I think it's uh you know other folks got different ways of doing theirs and, and things like that but i think ours is now unique and it's it's all on you bro i appreciate that man you much props on that so anyway um (laughs) enough about jimmy (laughs) we (laughs) keep going we're gonna call it a day and uh like i said we'll we'll be back next week with something really good for y'all tune in again thanks
1: and now a word from our sponsor
5: Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Kroll, and you're listening to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling with Jimmy Street and Jared the Plastic Sheik. Be sure to like, subscribe, and view all of our USWO and Saw Wrestling content at Nashville Wrestling Network, exclusively on YouTube.
4: So that was another great episode. Hey, Wolfie, tell them where they can find you on social media. Jimmy, they can find me in the club, bottle full of bub. I'm just kidding. Uh, they can find me on Facebook. Uh, my personal page is Warren Wolf, W L F E. I'm on Instagram at Warren Wolf 13. You can always find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Live Wolfie D. Here's the thing Wolfie always has offers for his autograph photos. He has a selection of some awesome photos from throughout his career that he will autograph and personalize any way that you want him to. Just contact him either directly at his personal Facebook page or through any one of our other pages, and we'll make sure you get in contact directly with Wolfie. Get those photos, right, Wolfie? Yeah, I've got some good stuff on there, you know, to help with the podcast. Folks, if you can't get out to a show to meet Wolfie D, there's nothing like that, especially for the fans of PG-13 and Wolfie D. And before we go, you can always find me, your host, Jimmy Street, at James Rock Street on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And hey, Jimmy, before we go real quick, I just want to add in there, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I really appreciate, first of all, the work you've done for this podcast. You have worked your butt off. That Secondly, the people that are liking the page beyond that even more is the people that are listening and we really appreciate that yeah and remember guys the podcast drops a new episode every monday at noon and our past episodes are streaming now on demand on all major podcast formats thanks again i got a cap for you
5: don't he got a cap you don't i got a cat for you don't And here we go, the original white boy that came out sagging, not bragging, don't be hating, cause I'm spitting the truth, still livin' in color, don't rush your mother, utilize a hubcap unlike any other, back in the day, I was N.O.D., and I was P to the G, plus the one and the three, in case you forgot, they call me Wolfie D, been cloned and copied so many times, Titus up is taking credit for what is mine. You know who you are without me name dropping. Wrestling's first white boy coming out hip hop. Been doing it like this since 92. 92. Lay low for a while and you thought I was through. Listen real close to these rhymes that I've rejected. This shit's so sick it makes your ears get infected. Mad skills, no faking that. There. There's no one great. Cause I'm bringing more folks and over on for theater. To play games, so, so you better beware. Be you don't know like me, so what? I really don't care. Every time I keep ticking, and mm-hmm. I can't be stopped You a mm-hmm. step to the side unless mm-hmm. you wanna get dropped. When I finish, I'll straight knock mm-hmm. you out. Please allow me to tell you what it's all about. I'm gonna wind it up, then I'm driving it home. It's Ruff Daddy, baby. Huh? I got a cap for your dome. I got a cap for your i got a cap for your dome. Got a
1: cap for your This has been a James Rock Street production.